Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you should happen to find this. Welcome to the Quote of Arms podcast. I am Coach j the Unsummoned Skull, your host with the most, and I'm joined today by... Oh, that's me, uh, Big Talk, representing cmdtower.com. How are we doing today? Doing pretty well, thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, I got a long day out in the sun yesterday, so it's nice to nice to relax in this morning, and I'm on my fourth cup of coffee, so getting this party started the right way on uh, on an early morning. Nice ADHD person with a cup of coffee that can't four cups of coffee that can't be bad, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's gonna be no there's gonna be no problems here at all. Uh, it's gonna be very straightforward. No tangents, no diversions, no me clicking around on academysports.com, none of that. <laughs> nah, I can't imagine it. All right. <clears throat> so on this podcast, we talk about our favorite creature types, archetypes, and synergies, which are sometimes colloquially known as tribes or tribal. Uh, <clears throat> so what tribe or tribal are we talking about today? Well, I decided when uh, when we first booked this out, I think it was right around the time that I was getting ready to, to do some redos to some decks, and uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk about wizards, or wizard Harrys, if you will, for those Harry Potter fans out there. Oi, gotta bring up the turf, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there was, so this also, I, we, we are a big bits people on our podcast, especially me. I like doing bits because I think they're annoying because I'm a little brother, so... One of the bits we had was whenever we said uh, wizard, we'd always say Harry afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know that our editor was actually editing those out every single time. They were like a redacted bit. So we've had a we've had a long and troubled history with with these guys and gals throughout the course of our own podcast. So I thought I might as well bring the misery over here too. Oh, lovely. <clears throat> well, I do have an editor for when it goes to the. Uh... <laughs> After when it goes to the YouTube form. So, uh, Crow, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tough, tough break, but get ready get ready to hear it a lot. Okay. Well, <clears throat> although Mavenda happens not to be one, I happen to love. Uh, Strixhaven was one of my favorite sets, oh, sure. so, I mean, at least we got to take back the Magical School archetype a little bit. Right, yeah, I think, you know... This is a slight tangent, a little bit, but I think that because so many sets come out, you lose out on a lot of the lore of different schools and stuff. And obviously, Strixhaven had a lot of the different colleges, and um, while there wasn't every single one of them were wizards, or or wizard harrys, rather, there was quite a few, especially like in the forms of the deans, which are really interesting. But my friends who don't play Magic, but they play Dungeons & Dragons, they started playing Strixhaven, uh, as and like all of them are playing spellcasters like warlocks, wizards, shamans, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And he was just so shocked about how well it was written, right? And how the different uh, the different manas came in, the different color combinations, and all that. So it's just it's it's I didn't we, I feel like we didn't have time to go into Strixhaven and like learn about the cards there. And like there is a lot of cool wizard synergies there. Yeah, I guess you couldn't well, quite so. see all the lore that Strixhaven holds. Yeah. And, and it's got, and Strixhaven has one of my favorite cards of all time, which lets you win the game. So, it just says, any card that says you win the game on it is, like, one of my favorites. Strixhaven Stadium, yeah. And I think that uh, the pun just went and that's okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the lore it holds, lore holds. Anyways. Oh, lore hold, of course. <laughs> see? See, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I think Mr. Bevers put something out there where he was like, 
can you name the five schools of Strixhaven? And this was like two months after it came out. And every single person on Twitter was like, uh, I think there's the Orzov, but it's not Orzov. So there you go. As long as uh, you weren't asked to think or to come up with the five books or the the five uh, houses of Strixhaven, you go Exodus, Leviticus. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, is that the Bible or is that Harry Potter? Yeah, it's the Bible. Just uh, year five, and you go into the the five books of Moses. (laughs) Genesis, that's got to be one of them, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, there is. I think Strixhaven did like really hit the nail on the head for as far as wizards go. Uh, what did you? So when did you start playing? When did you start playing EDH? So I started playing EDH when Jason Mindsculptor got printed. Oh, okay. So you've been playing for much longer than I did. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, when Jason Mindsculptor got printed in World Wake, that was my sign that I couldn't play. Pretty much any constructed format. <laughs> so you're like, I gotta look into something else to break up Cobblade, right? No, oh, I uh, actually was just gonna stop playing until I oh. went to the back room of. Uh, <clears throat> so I went to the back room of the uh, LGS when I was in college and saw a bunch of people putting together. I think it was a 16-person EDH game. Wow! Cool. Actually, That's awesome. uh, somebody who went to the same college and he's been on the show before is uh, Jeremy Knoll. Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about uh, we've we've talked about that. He's one of the people who introduced oh. me to Commander. Wow, that's awesome. I, I did not get to meet him unfortunately when I was at Command Fest Richmond, but um, I'm all counsel for he's a pretty <clears> cool <throat> guy. But <laughs> I so I started playing in around 2016. I started playing near cons of Tarkir Block, right, mm-hmm. and. This is before, for all you youngins out there, this is long before EDH Rec was a thing. This is long before Skyroll, Skyfall or uh, Skyfall existed. Uh, you know, so when you go and sit down with someone, you'd see new cards that you hadn't seen before and that sort of thing. And I think at the time, there wasn't... A lot of people were playing more of the traditional hives. Um, one of the podcasts that you just recorded recently, Slivers, obviously, has kind of been a mainstay of the mm-hmm. tribal decks since the game was invented. Uh, but <clears throat> there's a lot of like elves, goblins, uh, those sort of like main mainline, a little bit of merfolk. And I think there's like a really small amount, like small select amounts of commanders that people tried to like work into wizards. And I don't know if you remember this one, but the one that jumped out to me the most when I first started playing was a zombie lady of scrolls. Mm-hmm. So, um, Two colorless, and that's triple blue for legendary creature, human wizard, Harry. Uh, it's an, she is an O2 uh, that was originally printed in Champions of Kamigawa. I can get her for about 86 cents. And she has uh, tap and untapped wizard you control draw a card. So obviously she can come down and tap herself. This was, and <laughs> granted, this is back in the day when people were playing commanders that cost, you know, five and six and seven mana in colors without green. And way before there's like such a deluge of mana rocks that are printed cheaply. So. It ended up being kind of a battle cruiser, and it turned these wizards into like a draw engine, right? Um, they you would draw out for like an Eldrazi or or Stormbreaker Leviathan or something along those lines. Uh, but the wizards themselves weren't really part of they weren't really the drive of it, right? They were kind of like I don't know the the lubricant into the engine, right? The engine was you draw your deck to 
get to whatever when you're going to do, right? The Wizards are just kind of there. Did you see, did you ever see any of these sort of decks back in the day? Um, so, first off, we're going to, back in the day, then I'll be talking about uh, how, you mentioned slivers. Uh, we used to actually have to put a sliver into just about every deck just to make sure that you did <laughs> Um, like, just for that, that little bit of a hedge, so, like, my first deck was Doran the Siege Tower, just whatever, um, Abzan good stuff I could find. Sure, yeah. Of course, then we just called it Junk. Because <laughs> <laughs> Abzan didn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it was just, uh, random Junk I could find, and Doran was the only commander I had that, uh, the only legendary creature I had that had enough, uh, color pips that I could <laughs> run every card. <laughs> that was just basically what we did. Um, the only real strategies were uh, like infinite combos. Yeah. So for a zombie, there was Sensei's Divining Top and uh, Mind Over Matter. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. I remember, I remember that one, yeah. And then you just go to, <clears throat> you just dig out for whatever you're looking for, Lab Man or something, right? Yeah, because uh, the Lab Man was from, uh, was from, uh, it was from Innistrad. Yeah, and even better, Lab Man was also is also a Wizard Harry for whatever reason. Lab Man's <laughs> up to four dollars again. What? <laughs> it's four seventy six. What the hell? Um. But anyway, so, like, that's, like, that was my kind of what the tribe sort of looked like, right? It was a lot of mono blue, it was a lot of that, and then I think Wizards started going, and we're kind of going into the color identity and all that stuff as well, um, but then I think the another another big one where it started taking a little bit more of a shape was when um, Mizzix got printed. Remember remember the Mizzix Nightmare, when that came out? Um. I don't remember Mizzix being strong. I don't remember it being nightmarish, but just to make sure that we're clear, the, how the Yazami and Mind of Matter works. Uh, so Mind of Matter, two generic, four blue pips. Uh, it's an enchantment. You choose and discard a card, tap or untap an artifact, creature, or land. So <clears throat> Azami and Mind of Matter go infinite. Uh, uh, Mind of Matter and Temple Bell go infinite. Basically anything that taps to draw a card. Right. Uh, so, do you, oh yeah, sorry. I, 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 for those playing the home game and editing, I'm having some technical difficulties, so I dropped there for a second. Um, but now I'm back. But do you, yeah, so there's a lot of infinite combo potential there. Uh, and you said that you had seen a few Mizzix decks out in, out in the wild? I don't think I ever actually played against one. Okay. Because when I was, when this was starting to get more popular, Mizzix kind of came out and turned the Wizards thing on its head a little bit. And instead of just being a tribe where it was like the infinite combo, now we're starting to see like utility cards being printed out to get to more of like big spells, kind of doing more spell slinger with Wizards as a backup, right? Mm -hmm. And I think like that's kind of where they landed now. But I think everything changed when it came to Wizards with the printing of one card in particular. And do you know what that one is? Well, I mean, we have Mystics of the Isbagnus adding red, so that the Fire yeah. Nation's already attacked, so... 
So what do you think? What, what do you think? What do you think is going to be the one here to make it even crazier? Um, I mean, there was a wizard precon that could do it. Yes, bingo! <laughs> Inala, Archmage Ritualist. This is where wizards really took off in a direction that I don't, I don't think was right. So two colorless and Demir. That's blue, black, and uh, red for legendary creature, human wizard Harry. She's a four-five, about two bucks still, and she has eminence, which is stupid. Whenever a non-token wizard enters the battlefield under your control, if Anala Archmage Ritualist is in the command zone or on the battlefield, you may pay one. If you do create a token that's a copy of that wizard, that token gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. And then finally, tap five untapped wizards you control, target player loses seven life. So to me, this was a huge mistake when you look at, like, wizard tribal, right? Mm -hmm. Because, in my opinion, wizards are not, like... They're not supposed to be, like, a giant swarm thing, like your slivers or goblins, right? Like, they're supposed to be a little bit more uh, meticulous, a little bit more unique, right? Not, like, these multi-copies things. So I remember when this card came out, wizards, the wizards' prices all skyrocketed because there were so many different interactions and different ways that, like, you could cheese it. And, like, a lot of cards that I really liked back in the day became super expensive just because of that. And I think, like... I, I think that this card, I think the Anala kind of did the same thing that when Edgar came out for the Vampire Precon, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the same year, the same set, they kind of became like the de facto first thought when people come to building out wizards. And I think that both of them are kind of like more on the boring side of these sort of builds. I will say I've seen a really cool Anala before. Uh, one of the oh, things yeah. that, I, that I've noted about the uh, Eminence ability is. So. There are people who really, really dislike it because it discourages you from casting the commander, just like Aloro, right. uh, which gains yes, life right. from the command zone. Uh, but one of the cool things it can do is provide uh, color pips and a color identity without forcing you to actually play anything of that color. Right, right, right. So... Uh, and you still get the effect, and there's still a reason for having it as the commander. So an example of that would be uh, just Ben Doolittle is in uh, so is a is a writer for Commander's Herald, and is also a frequent collaborator, and is in the Skull Symbol server. Uh, he is an Anala deck that is pretty much mono blue. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't even think it's capable of producing Grixis colors, but he just uses like reflections of Lajara and. The eminence ability of uh, <clears throat> of Inala to make basically a wizard copying deck. Oh, okay, gotcha. So definitely not... like a little, little bit more of like the swarm, like a little bit more of like the swarm style, right? Yeah, except it we're also using ETBs and and death triggers mm -hmm. and such. So it's not something I had ever really seen with wizards before. Sure. No, I, I think that's I think that's kind of interesting, right? Like building out a deck where the commander is just like, <laughs> even though you can't cast it, I I don't know. I I'm I think uh, I'm a mixed feelings about Eminence. I think it's a little a little cheesy, but I don't think it's like some stupid backbreaking. This is on like all these cards are too good, blah 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 blah. So I think that sounds like a I think that sounds like a pretty interesting one. Uh, but for for me. I think Wizards has been like smart enough to kind of continue to give us options that make you think about different ways to play. And uh, the two that I will talk about a little bit later, but I think like really show this idea out is 
they're both in Is It, which I think is like the true, in my opinion, the true wizard colors. The, the first one is Adelie's the Cinderwind, which is a colorless, a blue and a red for legendary creature human wizard, Harry. Uh, it's a 2-2. She's a 2-2 flying with haste. And then whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizard Harry's you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So this, again, kind of plays more into, like, the go wide a little bit with wizards, right? A lot more utility. Uh, you're going to be getting more in the combat zone, which I think is is kind of the, the build that Anala kind of focuses on as well. But... I think a lot of wizards have really interesting, like you said, ETBs and those sort of things. And one of those that uh, was also a commander of mine for a while is Kaza Royal Chaser. So that's this one's just straight up, is it uh, a blue and a red for one, two legendary creature, human wizard Harry, with flying and haste as well. And then tap the next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs X less to cast, where X is the number of wizards you control as this ability resolves. So I think this this these two commanders kind of show the, the duality of wizards in the modern day, right? So one of them is very focused on combat, a lot of evasion creatures, a lot of wizards have a lot of wizard harries have flying or those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is like the big blast spell doing big X spells like your comet storms or uh, your crackle of powers to burn people out like way more efficiently. Which I think is generally like the two ways that I've seen wizards are, are winning, right? Like through their through the sheer force of, of power. Or building out to these like big blowout spell turns. Yeah, there are also some more defensive like Baral, uh, Chief of Compliance, who oh, sure. uh, draws cards and also counter spells. Uh, yeah. Just thinking about it, they're also representative of different like rules that the caster can have in a team in D and D. Oh sure, right. Like, they might be, they might be, like, uh, do they have, in New D&D, do they have, like, Conjurists? Like, can you choose a <clears throat> a school of magic to focus on as a wizard? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of how class, uh, they kind of have subclasses. Okay. And, and particular focuses, like, evocation would be, like, a magic missile and fireball and such. Right. And then enchantment <laughs> would be some of the more defensive type spells. Sure. Yeah, and I think um, I think that Barala is a really good example, too, of a lot of ways that wizards have... I think there's two things that wizards in the game really do as well, is the tap ability or they have, like, this sort of static effect, right? And uh, I think there's two that... I think there's two wizards that came to mind with, like, how they win that are pretty emblematic of this as well, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them is, uh, is Galecaster Colossus. Have you seen this guy before? I mean, I believe it bounces stuff, so it's got to be on my radar, right? Yep, exactly. So you're unsu- you're unsummoned uh, effect here. But for those playing the home game, it's a five it's uh, a five six creature giant wizard Harry for five colorless double blue, and then you can tap an untapped wizard you control and return target non land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand. So uh, I think this is I think this card is really interesting way to kind of control the board. Because, um, you know, I, I, blue especially has problems dealing with enchantments and uh, artifacts as efficiently as possible. So a card like this will make your wizards turn into kind of these utility effects, right? To get things off the board. And then conversely, to, make, to prevent things from getting on the board in the first place, we have Patron Wizard, which is triple blue for a creature human wizard Harry. It's a 2-2. And this one reads, tapped an untapped wizard you control... Counter target spell unless its controller pays one, right? And I think these two cards are like super duper awesome slam dunk stuff. 
because you can now all your wizards, even if they don't have haste, now still play utility, right? You're still controlling the board. They're still creatures, so they feed into things like uh, they feed into things where your wizards get plus one plus one, or like your next spells cost less for wizards that you control, and let you keep your mana open to either funnel out more wizards to feed in the thing, or even have more disruption, more draw, more unsummons, and those sort of things. So I think that these two cards are really cool with like bouncing bouncing creatures and playing uh, playing around more like a control build with creatures instead of spells. Yeah, and there are some <clears throat> big nasties as well, like those into perfection. Oh god, yeah, so that card's so good. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, I used to have an Adelizzi deck and uh, that's what I better call Adeliz. Adelizzi. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> yep, it's a dozen of perfection, 5-4 flying. Uh, when you cast an instant sorcery, you put a 1-1 one, one blue uh, human wizard uh, creature token on the battlefield. And if you control three or more wizards, which you probably should, uh, yep. pretty easily, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you transform into final iteration, which is an Eldrazi insect, 6-5 flyer. Wizards you control get plus 2, plus 1 in flying, and still has the... When I, whenever you cast an instant sorcery, yep. you put a 1-1 one, one blue human wizard uh, creature token on the battlefield. So it's still pooping out wizards. Yeah. Uh, I think that card is insane. Like, I remember, I, I don't know how many times I've won with that card before, right? Like, I think this, so, do you feel that, let me ask you this, right? So, a lot of spell-slinging decks play into these things like um, this, Talrand, and that sort of thing. Do you feel that if you're even if you're just playing a normal spellslinger deck in like red and blue or just one or the other, is it worth like because there are so many synergies that come with wizards naturally? Do you think it's worth like building that in as like a sub tier, regardless of if that's like the way that you actually want to win? Like, are they good enough to just include in decks like that? So, Dose of Perfection, you don't actually have to be a wizard deck for that. No. Um... There's a couple of other cards that are just generally good Spellslinger decks. But Docent, um, I mean, you're, you're going to get three wizards just off of the thing itself. You don't have to be in a dedicated wizard deck for it. Right. Which I think, like, I think like that's something that's... I think that was why <clears throat> that card is so good. Um, there's another one... There's, there's another wizard generator that I think people kind of sleep on a little bit, uh, which is... Uh, Kasima, the Enigmatic Mentor. So, three colors and a blue for legendary creature Kasmina. She comes in with loyalty five. She's uncommon. Spells your opponent's cast that target a creature or planeswalker you control. Cast two more to cast. And then minus two, create a two-two blue wizard creature token. Draw a card, then discard a card, right? So, I think this is... I think this is a super underutilized planeswalker. We talked about... We just talked about all the synergies like Dose Center Perfection, Brawl, and those sort of things. So being able at four mana to get pretty much ward two on all your creatures, which is going to be huge if you're trying to amass things, and then being able to churn out wizard tokens and cycle through your deck, like I think for twenty two cents, Kazima is just such a slam dunk in spell casting decks or anything that cares about planeswalkers or ways you can even uh, bounce it back to your hand potentially. What do you think about uh, what do you think about these uncommon planeswalkers? So, I love War of the Spark. It was one of my favorite sets as well um be, because it came out when i was still teaching in person and oh, cool. when i was introducing people to the game uh <clears throat> because every booster pack would have a planeswalker in it just like uh the these a lot of these same students uh 
started with Dominaria, where every booster pack had a legend. So oh, sure. So I was able to have the students go the route from uh, cracking booster packs and uh, doing, like, sealed ghouls to generating enough of a collection where they could build... Uh, <clears throat> uh, so they could start building brawl decks. I, oh, so, nice. Well, people like to say, okay, brawls the is kind of like the go-between into standard. I, I, I liked looking at it from the perspective of, of, if you have a new player with some of these sets where you have a legend or a, uh, or a, a planeswalker in every booster pack, it's not difficult for them to go from opening packs to brawl to commander. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think that's... I, I like that a lot. Um, I used to do kind of the same thing with Tiny Leaders, but that was, uh, that's like a dead format now. Do you, think, do you think another thing that's cool about Brawl is it's available on Arena as well? So now, so now that you can... So you kind of like walk your way through it, right? Someone gets interested in it. They start building their own Brawl decks. They... I lost you momentarily. So talking about Brawl on Arena, I tend not to talk too much about Arena because uh, I don't have a lot of positive things to say about it. <laughs> and I gotta be kind of careful. <clears throat> Still want to get a preview card at some point. <laughs> if you listen to Watson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's that, it's that uh, content creator like navigation that you have to think through right we're like okay try to be positive right but try to maybe be constructive but also positive mm -hmm. so in terms of arena i, I like that it gets uh, a different kind of player involved um mm -hmm. i don't think there's a lot of carryover between the two uh between paper and arena and that actually can be a little bit of an issue uh, oh, okay. Especially when you have players who are trying to get into the game, and they're re recognizing that the, um, the unlike say Pokemon, um, there is no connection between a paper collection and a an arena collection. So they have mm. to go through the process of collecting cards and such all over again. Right. 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 And then I mean, that's like frustrating when they're like, "Well, I already own this card and won. Now I'm gonna have to try to burn wild cards or spend more like money, which is hard, especially if you're a student or on a budget. Now you're spending, you're having to spend it twice, kind of, right?" Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, there are some things where, like, right now I'm teaching for an online school, and if we're gonna do a school-wide event or something, we have to do something in a game that is free to play. Do oh, we sure. say that magic is that magic arena is free to play? I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah, right. What's your what's your what's your definition of free to play? Right, like mm -hmm. it's free to it's free to download, it's free to get a couple starter packs, but what then, right? It, it's free to get stomped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you say, do you, you don't do any streaming on arena, right? I did for a while. 
Um, I, I stopped streaming on Arena when, uh, basically, I decided to do more Commander content, because yeah. even if the viewership was low, I didn't feel alone. Yeah. That, that was a big deal for me, uh, because I have a bad past with gaming. Okay. I, I hated video games for a long time. Just because there, like, wasn't social enough, or...? Because uh, it was associated with people excluding me. Oh, gotcha. Basically, Pokemon was the first game where, even when I wasn't playing, I still kind of felt involved. Got it. Right. Like, in the community, you know? Well, yeah, uh, like, if somebody's playing a Pokemon game, you can still, like... Oh, what what starter did you pick, or what what's your team like right now, or something like that? And it doesn't like bother people when you do that. Sure, right. It's much more it's much more like social, well known, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I arena is such a weird thing. I guess we don't really because this isn't an arena cast, right? So <laughs> yeah. we don't need to go into two hours of discussing the pros and cons of that. I do think it's an interesting way of getting people into the game who don't want to invest in paper cards uh, or don't have yeah. an LGS near them that they can go to. Uh, that's where I mentioned that I uh, taught people how to play when I was teaching in, uh, in person. Uh, <clears throat> I basically served as their LGS. Right. You, you bring your binders in and be like, oh, what do you guys think about this, right? Like, oh, this card might be good different from that, though. I, I, so, I ran the, the games club, but I was also uh, some certified judge, uh, <clears throat> tournament organizer, had some sponsors. So, we had, a, we had uh, actual sanctioned tournaments. Oh, sweet. At the school? Yeah, with prize support. That's insane, especially because like some I, I know some LGSs that can't get that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I got that because there were some really cool sponsors that helped out. Um, but I basically uh, there there used to be an LGS that was near the school, and then it, it closed before I started teaching there. There's another one that was somewhat nearby, and there were a couple students who would go there, but it was a decent drive away. So I basically made an LGS, and we had FNM every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Not MNM. Uh, <clears throat> well, that we that does sound like a. Um, see, see, the problem with that is we can we, we could get into some uh, trademark <laughs> issues. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does sound <laughs> it does sound awfully delicious though, doesn't it? Maybe a little maybe a little too sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to Wizards. Uh, for for uh, that, did your students? I guess did your did any of your students get into or any of the players you've introduced? Have they gotten into Wizards because they either like played it as a class, especially now that there's Wizards class in Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, did they like oh Wizards? Like I've always thought that was like really cool. I was a big fan of Gandalf. Was that it? Was like the time or the the tribe Wizards interesting enough just on the surface? Do you think people would want to play it because it's so related and such like you, it's such a ubiquitous fantasy uh, stereotype or uh, not maybe not stereotype but like archetype 
trope, that sort of thing? I haven't seen it as much in Magic, especially because it's difficult to tell the different uh, <clears throat> spellcaster types apart in Magic. Yeah, like between, like, I think, the, I, I completely agree, and I think, like, the biggest crossover is, like, Shaman, right, versus Wizards. They kind of do similar things. Yeah, there's, uh, there's even a card that triggers off of both uh, Wizards and Shamans. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, it, it's kind of hard to tell Wizard from Shaman from, I mean, even, like, Mavinda's an advisor, uh, I mm-hmm. think Strixhaven introduced, uh, or might not have introduced, but it featured Warlock. Yes. It, uh, and they all go to the same school. Yep. So, like Strixhaven, so how do we tell them apart? I, I know they're supposed right. to be different in, in D&D, but, I mean, they all have Magecraft, so how are they different? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, they're not... I think, like, you can make the argument of, like, okay, well, you know, what if shamans are in a specific color identity? Like, that's not the case at all, right? There's shamans in almost every single color, uh, even, like, staples across formats, like Deathrite Shaman is an elf shaman, not a wizard, right, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, well, I, was insane, like, so. I was just looking through shaman cards, and there's, like, a bunch of them, and they're really difficult. Like, a lot of them are very difficult in in what they do and how they do it that it's like, okay, these are just like wizards, effectively, right? Mm-hmm. They just they have the same sort of abilities, but they just have a different card name on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, so, yeah, I, then there's tribal synergies that happen to not work with it. <clears throat> what do you think about, are there too many creature types? <laughs> I mean, I happen to like it. <laughs> okay. Um, no. I think that there are a number of unsupported ones, and we have an episode that'll, that'll come out in a few weeks. It's about uh, under-supported creature types and how to build around them. Oh, cool. And I actually just recorded something uh, a couple weeks ago about my elephant tribal deck. <laughs> oh, yes! <clears throat> I went on a kick of building under-supported uh, tribes. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. But wizards are one that have been pretty well supported for a while. Uh, makes sense though, because uh, <clears throat> wizards are usually cast from islands, and islands are near the coast, and Wizards of the Coast is the parent company. So it all it all comes home. It all comes home <laughs> to roost, doesn't it? Uh, just picturing that uh, with the uh, the always sunny scene where the <laughs> It's like all the all the no cards on the uh, oh on the board the Pepe Pepe Sylvia yeah all these different things yeah so the only part of that series I ever saw uh, that and the uh, and the and anyway I started blasting which is one of the oh, things sure. wizards do <laughs> yes oh wow brought it full brought it full circle that uh, is good I I I was that was very impressive you got me there. <laughs> Oh, you brought it. You brought it back, folks. <laughs> we thought we thought we thought we were gonna be off and gone and going down some sort of some sort of. It's always sunny tangent. I was ready to go. I was like, well, <laughs> the series kind of lost its luster later, and maybe it shouldn't go on so long. But anyway, again, not that podcast. You can go listen to my side podcast. <laughs> it's always cloudy in Charlotte to discuss that. 
Oh, lovely. Um, if you want to see where it's always cloudy, you can always uh, go to where Wizards is made in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That's why, is that why Wizards is so angry all the time? That's why they, because there's nothing that's too dark outside. They're like, well, I guess we better come out with another set. But all their parades get rained on, I guess they have to do it to other people too, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Please, please don't get rid of my poop. <laughs> so, uh, have, you ever, have you ever built a wizard? I, I, I know that you kind of build decks a little more out there in terms of like, you're not you're not like kind of fast all, ball down the middles, right? Um, with the different decks that you build. <clears throat> uh I think the last one you played was your Demir Spellslinger one, right? Oh, I, I have a lot of crazy decks. Uh, right now, yeah. my, my kick is uh, uh, very specifically tuned group hug decks. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of have I built a wizard deck, uh, yes. Adelizzi was, was around for a while. It was one of my initial unsummoned decks. Well, the OGs. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, when I started my Unsummon channel, I basically wanted to build around the card Unsummon and find new and interesting things to do. So one of the things I... that I wanted to do with Unsummon was to use it in an aggressive, tempo-oriented deck. So Unsummon would get rid of a blocker, pump my whole team with Adelizzi out, yeah. uh, as well as trigger a bunch of... Uh, prowess type abilities, or magecraft mm -hmm. abilities and such. I think this was before Strixhaven, though, so probably just prowess. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the, all kinds of, like, triggered abilities, uh, such as the one that we talked about earlier, with Dosen of Perfection. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, Dosen of Perfection isn't legendary, so you can do Rite of Replication on Docent, <laughs> Murmuring <laughs> Mystic... <laughs> Just basically yeah, go wide. Yeah. Tall and then you can and, and also like I think in that uh, in uh, Adelie's build as well, you can like any of your cantrip spells just are like money in the bank, right? Uh, your preordains of the world, that sort of thing, just replacing <clears> themselves and then just building out and bombing people with your giant wizards. Uh, there's a there's a card in there too that we were kind of dancing around. And I think this is probably, it's like a borderline staple for wizards, which is ironic, because it also talks about shamans, like we were talking about, which is Harmonic Prodigy. Colorless and red for a creature or human wizard, Harry. It's a 1-3 with prowess. And then if the ability of a shaman or another wizard you control triggers, that ability triggers additional time. Yeah, that so, was the card I was talking about that references both. Yeah. That <clears> card, <throat> I mean, that card is just such a house in, like, almost any of these wizard decks, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh... Do you still have Adelie's, or did you did you bin it? That deck has been scrapped. Okay. Um, do you do? Are you a big? Do you do you like play a deck and then keep it just because you like it, or are you more of like I'm gonna build a deck. If it doesn't work, I'm gonna bin it and then go. Or if I don't have fun, I mean, you're not gonna keep like bashing your head against the wall. It's kind of a mix between the two. I don't just I, I don't get rid of decks easily. I just mm -hmm. sort of don't play them. Uh, <clears throat> but. I have OCD, and diagnosed OCD, and I have the issue with, uh, I need things to follow a system, so sure. I have a sleeving system. Okay. Uh, so to me, once a deck gets put in sleeves, it's kind of like putting a picture in a frame. 
Okay. It kind of holds its spot for a while, whether I play it or not. Right. And then I sleeve based on color, and I sleeve based on <clears throat> the type of deck. So my tribal decks have their own uh, one of each color. <clears throat> uh, it's one of each color sleeve, so I know which ones I have because I, I keep them in fat packs on my desk. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So like the sleeve is like the easiest way to differentiate between what de- what your decks are, so you don't need a bunch of deck boxes? Right. Oh, cool. I like that. <clears throat> so I have them like that on my desk, but yeah, so I have... Uh, those decks have their own colors. I have uh, Kerosene and Matches is my current kick right now. Uh, that That's what I'm calling the group hug decks. They have okay. their own set, uh, set of colors, so I do basically restart the one of each color. I have Poke, uh, some, what I call my Pokedex, which are decks with uh, Pokemon-themed altars uh, for the Commander by Fox Noctum. They oh, have nice. their own set of colors. <laughs> <clears throat> wow, you're not kidding. And then I used to have dedicated unsummoned decks, but I kind of got rid of that category of deck. Because now it's just you just have those effects that are just ubiquitous in all the decks you own? Uh, well, a good amount of them, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I don't necessarily want to separate based on that characteristic anymore. Mm-hmm. I do keep a lot of them at least somewhat together, like uh, Yorion uh, goes infinite with Unsummon, which I think is a funny thing. Yes, right. Uh, Yorion unsummon uh, a couple of Archaeomancer-type effects and uh, and a time warp. Yeah, that'll work. That'll do it. (laughs) Good God. Why is it Yorion? I'm surprised... Yorion isn't a bird wizard, right? Like, I think that would have—I think she would have made kind of an interesting additional tribe in Azorius, even though I don't know how many white <clears throat> wizards there are. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I scrapped Adelizzi was because uh, she used uh, blue and red extra turn spells and extra combat spells, and used the the blue extra turn spells basically as extra combat spells. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I liked about it was that it sealed the game off. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and it didn't use the um, the like time warps the same way that Yorion did, so it used the same card in a very different way. Uh, but I wound up making a mono-blue Flying Men deck that did pretty much the same thing, but better. Okay. So she just got, like, outclassed with a different deck that you liked more? Yeah, and that functioned better and did the job better. Mm-hmm. Because it started to go into just generic blue-red tokens as well. So I that's what I was going to... that That's what I was going to bring up, was I currently have an a, an Adelie's The Sinner Wind deck, I think. I think that's who I have. Um, I made mention of her and that Kaza the Royal Shaper, or Royal Chaser, rather. And... I kind of ran into, I ran, I'm running into a similar problem, right, where this deck started as a Mizzix precon, and then it just won off of extra turns and big, dumb, like, 
uh, X spells, right? Uh, you take an extra few extra turns, draw a couple cards, and then Comet Storm for 45 or whatever the case may be there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just kind of boring, and I never played it because it was kind of it was kind of quote unquote too good in my opinion, right? Like it, it won too cheap and not this is kind of whatever. So I thought, okay, maybe I could break that down and turn it into more of a wizard deck, right? And then I went with Kaza first, and I realized that Kaza was just like Mizzix with more hoops to jump through, right? Instead of experience counters, you just get out wizards, and then you kind of win the same way. <clears throat> and then I started swapping it out for Adelie's, and by then I was like, "That's we have a term called like deck of girlfriends past or deck of ghosts, ghosts of decks past sort of thing, mm-hmm. where I had rebuilt this one deck and cut out cards and had thought about it so much that I felt like it just had completely lost its identity. And I, I played her recently and was like, this deck is just a freaking it's a mess, right? Like, I either need to scrap it or really focus in on something. Is that um, kind of Ship of Theseus a little bit? Pardon? Is that kind of Ship of Theseus a little bit? Yes, yes, exactly. Gradually right. replace card by card until it's no longer even resembling what it used to be. Exactly. And now it's just like this mismatch of, like, it's got so many sub-themes, it's got so many sub... Like, it's just got way too much stuff going on in it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I've been trying to think of what to do that might be a more fun commander and maybe a little bit more fun of a deck that plays into this. And the one I've kind of landed on, because it's also an uncommon commander, which I don't play enough of, is the Agar the Freezing Flame. Oh, you guys nice, yeah. So it's a colorless, a blue and a red for legendary creature, giant wizard Harry. It's a 3-3. It's 25 cents. And it says whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess damage, if a giant wizard or spell you control dealt damage to it this turn, draw a card. So I think this is something that you can still get a lot of your wizard tribal in, right? Um, you, you can still play a lot of the things that play into those sort of <clears> sub-themes. <throat> But I think playing with Giants is a little bit more of my speed, right? I like playing in the red zone. I like I like kind of having those more combat-focused decks and combat-focused synergies. So do you feel like this is... Do you feel like I'm going to run in... Do you feel like this is the sort of thing that I'm going to run into the same problem of, well, I, you know, you're kind of replacing... It's, it's like six of one, half a dozen of the other. I'm replacing just, just straight-out wizard tribal synergies for now giant wizard tribal synergies or do you feel like this is a deck and a creature that's interesting enough where i can really make it feel like a, its own new ship so i have an eager deck that is a giant tribal deck and it oh you do works pretty nicely it, it still has a very similar theme of <clears throat> so I, I phrase it as this is a giant spell tribal deck it has giant spells and it has giant <laughs> spells and that giant spells very good. Yes. <laughs> Just uh, to like be it. particularly silly and snarky with it. <laughs> uh, but um, it, it could work. Um, it's it's interesting to try to find spells that like hurt opponent creatures but don't also kill Ugar. Mm-hmm. So. Um, like Bonfire of the Damned is a great one. Sure. Where you can just, you can just zap out, a, you can blast a handful of creatures and then get your get like a bunch of card draws off that and replace itself. That sort of that sort of strat. Yep, but it only targets the one player. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
granted, it, it doesn't work as well for each opponent, but the way that, uh, so, so because it hits that one player really, really hard, and hits all of their stuff, you're going to draw the cards, and it won't kill Igar. Right, 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 right. As opposed to things like Chain Reaction and these sort of, like, big old board wipes that are just going to put you back, too, right? Right. So have you, I guess, how do you, how do you feel like, as someone who's kind of gone through this and who had the Adelies, do you feel like this one, do you feel like it's enough of a different theme on the subject that it feels like a unique deck when you play it? Um, it's an interesting one. Um, you want to make sure that it's, uh, an Egar deck, or that it's a wizard deck and not an instant or sorcery deck, which can be a little bit tricky to, to balance. Mm. Right. Uh, sometimes it's uh, a matter of just finding the roles that you need the, in within the deck. Uh, so, for example, I recently... Uh, it's not one that's currently in my rotation in terms of decks that I play a lot, but it is, it's one that I've, I've played on a couple of work-in-progress Wednesdays, uh, which I really, really like in, in my server and on my, my stream. So it allows us to try out some of the more interesting and strange ideas that come up. Right. Uh, so, I have a Kaza Royal Chaser deck. Uh, Kaza is a blue and a red uh, flying in haste. The one, two, and then you tap it to reduce the cost of the next instant sorcery <clears throat> by X, where X is the number of wizards you control when you activate it. Uh, Kaza, for the most part, is going to be the only wizard out. Uh, but the deck is designed... Uh, I call it Kaza Xerox Machine. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, spell copying decks are usually extremely complicated. Correct, right. A lot of uh, different moving pieces, a lot of different ways that you have to go on the stack. Mm -hmm. A lot of counting and such. So, this deck is designed to be the simplest, uh, most complicated deck you've ever seen. <laughs> Simplest was complicated, okay. Yes. Which seems contradictory, which is exactly what is it is designed to do. <laughs> nice. So I like it. The, what the deck does is, like, uh, a thousand-year storm, but play divination. So I get ten divinations or something like that. <laughs> sure. So whatever I'm doing is going to be extremely complicated in terms of counting and multiplying, but the actual spells are pretty simple. Right, drawing cards, bouncing unsummons, those sort of things? Yeah. Okay. Play unsummon, yeah, get yeah, yeah, seven yeah. of them, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> of, course, of course, naturally. Gotta yeah, have those in there. Turn, uh, so for one blue mana into Cyclonic Rift. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, just silly stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, that's what that deck is designed to do. And, again, it's an instant or sorcery deck that has wizards in it. That, that's right. kind of where the difficulty comes in. Because wizards are so uh, intrinsically linked to instants and sorceries, mm -hmm. how do you make it about the wizards and not about Right, exactly. That is a that's a great way to put it. That's where the Inala, uh, going back to um, the earlier point of Ben's Inala deck, that was the first right. one I saw that was really built around the wizards themselves. 
Got it. They what weren't. They, they were. The wizards were just like. They weren't just a means to an end to cast time warp seventeen times, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's. I, I think that's like. Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel? Do you feel that any? I, I feel like wizards of all the tribes that are out there have this problem the hardest, right? Um, I'd say artificers have kind of a problem as well. Yeah, that's because a good point. Um, that's because good... they're linked to artifacts, uh, but also because they didn't really get a lot of support before uh, Kaldheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but artifact. So this is where I would say try to find ways uh, so uh, to do the jobs your deck needs to be done that happen to use your tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, th- that goes back to uh, my initial column for EDA track, which was uh, these cards do work, where I would go through the jobs a deck does. Right. So, uh, if you have Goblin Electromancer and uh, <clears throat> and Kaza as part of your ramp suite, then you start to just naturally put in more wizards. So yeah, my did the thing and everything it's stops. Okay. So it's okay, it's okay. Problem is. Okay. So by putting more uh, wizards into the integral slots in the deck, um, or you naturally add more wizards. Now, you don't necessarily have to do it by... Uh, use so if you want to stay in the is it colors you can always use like heat shimmer mm-hmm. as a way to make mm-hmm. a copy. Yeah, right. Uh, you can make it more combat oriented by uh, using howl of the horde as a way to copy the spell. Right, 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 right. I actually use howl of the horde in uh, <clears throat> Kaza just because it's an easy way to copy a spell and Kaza has flying. Right. And, and did you, you know that you're going to be getting in the red zone. So, yeah, I like that idea of, I think that, I think, I like this idea of, like, building, not, like, starting with, uh, how do you say, like, um, I'm going to build the tribe, and these are the tribal cards I'm going to have, and slamming those in first, and before just being like, okay, my win con is X spells, or my win con is extra turns, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I need X wizards, something like that. This is the yes, card. Okay. Right. What? Uh, so what are the wizards? So what wizards are doing the job that you need? I think there right. is a wizard. Uh, there's another wizard that's older that can tap for uh, three generic, if I recall correctly. Oh yeah, I think it's a pr- apprentice wizard, maybe. <clears throat> uh, yeah, doing jobs with wizards uh, instead of making like an is it spell slinger deck and then counting how many wizards you have and seeing if it's a wizard tribal deck or not yeah right what is your so what is your i know you're the you're the tribal king here Mm -hmm. what is your minimum number of creatures to make uh to make a deck feel like a tribal deck so it doesn't necessarily have to be creatures it's just members of the tribe and usually um usually it's about 20. okay it can be well, yeah, I was, was going to say somewhere between 20 and 30, I think, is kind of a, is like the sweet spot for me, too. Mm-hmm. 
It can be fewer as long as the theme is clear and the commander is part of that. It's part of the theme, right? Yeah. Got it. I think my... Uh, I have a dog deck that only has ten dogs. <laughs> but those okay. dogs come back over and over and over again. It's the same. Like, they're just that good, right? Like, they're just that... In, they're that important to the deck that you just need those ones going and going and going, right? Uh, no. Uh, so, when I'm deciding on, like, Wraths, I will also say that anti-Wrath cards or cards that you are building into the deck specifically as hedges against Wraths, can also count as Wraths. Mm. Like, if you're playing Heroic Intervention, yeah. um, and somebody else Wraths, it's like you just Wrathed. Right, right, right. Because you're still in the dominant position, you don't have to rebuild. So that deck has ten cards that are anti-Wrath cards. Got it, because it's so because that's going to be such a backbreaking thing for your opponents to have to deal with, right? Yeah. Um, so the, the command, so that one is a mono white deck. The commander is Isamaru, and the dogs uh, just keep coming. Round, back. right? Uh, uh Hound, yeah, Conda. Yeah. So the dogs come out early. They keep coming, and they don't stop until the opponents are dead. <laughs> uh, but there's the reason why there's fewer dogs is because there are anthems, and some of the anthems scale with how many times the commander's been cast. Mm, sure. So. And having a one-drop commander means you're just gonna get that going crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, it goes pretty nuts. Yeah, Isamaru, I remember was kind of like the one of the first like major Voltron, Voltron commanders I saw when I first started playing too. Yeah, uh, I was a commander at my at the same LGS where I started uh, playing commander. Uh, there was a, a person who called him we, we called him Isamaru guy. <laughs> oh yeah, is Isamaru guy coming to pizza later or? <laughs> yeah. He's like, my name's Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Stop uh, calling me that. This, this story is kind of sad, but uh, and I have oh. I have his Isamaru deck now. Oh no. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, neither here nor there right now. But yeah, uh, so some of these decks are really personal to them, and uh, some decks go beyond a given player and sort of become an identity like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like I know there's people there's people in my play group that like every single deck of theirs is tribal, right? Mm -hmm. and it's just like it fits well for them because like a lot of them are like this one guy. I play with is like huge into dogs as well so it like makes sense that like every single one of his things are all like about different breeds or whatever mm -hmm. uh it's like played out really well for for his personality oh, yeah. Mm. yeah i have uh 12 tribal decks because we play tribal tuesday <laughs> yeah yeah it just stacks up that way so i don't yeah I, I think tribes in general are like pretty fun i do like i do think that Wizards is kind of, is to kind of like sum up my points of where it started, I think Wizards now used to be one of these like chase tribes and now have kind of become a little bit more ubiquitous, um, not quite to the level of elves or anything, but it wouldn't surprise me that in one of the pre-cons that comes up soon, it'll be just a, it'll be just a wizard tribal, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm done it once. Why not do it again, eh? Yeah, why? Yeah, exactly. What's gonna? Why not stop? Why not stop again? Yeah, I, I, I didn't uh, check Forgotten Realms too much for it, but I was a little surprised that nothing jumped off for Wizards from that. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't see a ton of support from the the Battle for Baldur's Gate yet. Uh, but again, like. I, I mean, they already have so many wizards. I think they're probably focusing more on the other kind of, you know, um, the other parties things because that's kind of becoming another mechanic, which is a whole other thing. Do you think? Do you do you do you look at party as a tribe or is it still like four tribal decks in one? It's a tricky thing, but I would see it as uh, somebody wanted to say my my deck is party tribal. I I, I would. Uh, I wouldn't argue with that. It does kind of feel like you're just jamming a bunch of creatures at some point, but <laughs> that just that just happened to have the right that just happened to have the right abilities and the right names, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, according to our old pals at EDH Rec, uh, wizards are in the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're top eight of tribes played with nine hundred nine thousand one hundred thirty-two decks. So Top evidently we're not the only people that think that, they, that think that they're popular. Top 8's traditionally been a good place to be. Yeah. Wizards just churn, the wizards just churn out the wizards. It's as easy as that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's I, I think that's my I think that's my take on wizards. I think they're I think they're a really interesting tribe. I think that they have a lot of different utilities, and um, this is definitely you know I I know we booked this a long time ago, but like I've really thought about like I just sitting here and talking. It's like man, I really need to. I remember how much fun I had building this, and I really need to like get back to making something that's fun and unique in these colors because I don't think I have another is it deck or no I guess I have pirates, but. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go back to the I think I'm gonna go back to the to the drawing bin and see if I can whip something up. Yep. Maybe for maybe for one of our streams coming up here. Uh, sounds good. Um, there's always little things to factor in, like uh, Kazmina happens to uh, like things that make wizard tokens. I would consider to also be wizards because sure. they provide bodies that have wizard on them. And in some cases, like Kazmina, they can trigger prowess, or like Goblin Wizardry, they trigger uh, Magecraft. Right. So just little things like that. Uh, it's also possible that just making a prowess deck with uh, with shamans and wizards could be cool too. Yeah. Let 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 in let in like the little brother of the little brother of the tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this has been uh, this has been awesome. Uh, where can people find you? Oh yeah. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Big Tuck Tweeting. Uh, <clears throat> I'm also, like I said, part of the uh, I'm part of Command Tower or that's CMD Tower, not Command Tower, CMD Tower com. So you can find us there. Uh, we also are on twitch.tv slash CMD Tower there uh and lastly you can find us uh on any of your favorite uh podcast uh streaming platforms through spotify's any of those things are on youtube just search cmdtower.com with uh with any of those things and you'll find where we'll find where we're at thank you so much for having us on man this this has been great uh jero you're you're been 
such a such a good partner in uh, in this content creation business. Absolutely, thank you, uh, and uh, have a wonderful day. Thanks, everyone.